It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everybody. We got a great one for you here today on this Friday, July 31st. A uh, bit of a grab bag here today. We'll have two shows, obviously, because Fridays mean. Uh, the second show is the main card showdown. Don't exactly know when that's going to drop because it's dependent on my uh, co-host's ability to uh, answer the phone, and he is a working man. So uh, if I was uh, a betting man, I'd probably say tonight, maybe around uh, seven or eight p.m. But uh, we'll get it. We'll get him in before uh, tomorrow's fight card, which of course is uh, fight night: Brunson versus Shabazian. So that should be interesting. Uh, as I look to defend my uh, North Star Sports money weight title for the first time as I uh, keep it away from Drew Peterson. Uh, he cannot have this. It's it, Listen, folks, it's going to be my title for a long time. You hear me say it on every show. I'm never losing that fucking title. Um, but on today's show, at least the first show of today, bit of a bit of a grab bag. Um, we have some uh, Major League Baseball talkers, uh, NBA basketball is back, we'll talk about that for a little bit, um, and then we'll have a, a cleanup segment on, uh, on um, some UFC talkers, so uh, really just a casual Friday show, not that any of our other shows are, are not casual, I'd say every show we do is, uh, is a casual Friday show, but uh, today really is casual Friday, so um, we'll just kind of go around uh, from story to story bury the lead for a little bit because we'll talk about uh, the NBA first and then then we'll talk about the big story of the day and how that impacts uh, the Minnesota Twins. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Oh, and I'll also uh, be debuting, uh, not really a segment, but I guess a sounder. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Reagan Hooverman loves the sounder, says it was a good one. So uh, I'll be dropping that in, uh, in the second talker of uh, today's show. Uh, but without any further ado, we'll get right to it. So uh, the NBA returned to play yesterday. They had two games uh, from wherever the fuck they're doing games. I think Orlando. Um, it was the Jazz and the Pelicans and the Clippers and the Lakers. It was something crazy. It was like 144 days between games. Uh, just doesn't feel... Didn't feel right. It's really weird. I'm kind of disappointed in uh, the NBA and Major League Baseball with how they handle the atmosphere of these games. You know, it's a it's a cool idea to have all those little... Well, I guess it's just one monitor, but they have all those individual... It looks like the Brady Bunch times a million, where they have all the fans and... You know, so it looks like there's electronic fans out there and it's... You know, I don't know, I guess you sign up to do that and... It's just my face at a webcam. It's like, well, I don't know. It's kind of fucking creepy. I found it creepy. I don't. I didn't find that the least bit reassuring. That like it's it's like uh, it's like putting your dog in the kennel and then like putting a blanket over the kennel and trying to convince them that it's nighttime. Your dog knows it's not nighttime. Like I know there aren't real fans in the stands. I know that's just people sitting at home 
So why, why are you doing it? You're not fooling me. It, it's a cool gimmick. If you did it for one game in this return, I mean, that, I guess that's fine. Like, you try different things. I'm not, I'm not a baseball fan. I'm not against change. But it's, we're, we're in a unique set of circumstances right now. So don't try to fool me that we're not. You know what I mean? Same with baseball. Piping in that fake crowd noise is fucking stupid. I know there's not a crowd there. In fact, I can see there's not a crowd there. When You know what I mean? Like, I can visibly see there's not a crowd there, so you're lying to me. I can see, I can see that there's no fans. So just don't. Don't pipe in crowd noise. That's fucking stupid. We don't, we don't have to, <clears throat> excuse me, as I almost choke on my coffee. We don't, I guess what I'm saying is take advantage of this unique time. So there's no crowds. All right. So there's, there's no sound. I mean, we'll still have walk-up music and stuff like that. And uh, you know what I mean? If, if you hit a home run, maybe we'll blare a siren or something. If we did that normally when you did it, when crowds were here, but I, I like it. It's unique. We can hear what players say. Just go full HBO and just mic up, you know, all the players because you can't really do that and have crystal clear audio, you know, last year. So don't, don't try to, don't try to fool me. It's, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, uh, the UFC and matchmaking. You never can go wrong with matchmaking. So like, there's a certain amount of shine that goes around and no matter who wins or who loses or, oh, this is why Dana's smart and obviously, you know, he's been in the, the company for 20 years, so he knows this. It doesn't fucking, like when, um, when Nunes took on Cyborg and I think Darren Ravel was like, oh, wow, this is devastating for the UFC. They, you know, they just lost a champ. They just lost Cyborg. No, 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 no. Nunes took that shine. There was a finite number of shine and Nunez took it. Whether or not it's it's a win for the UFC if Nunez wins and became double champ, it's a win for the UFC if Cyborg beats Nunez. It's it's a fucking win-win. As long as the fight happens, it's a win-win. The as long as fights happen in the UFC, it doesn't matter who wins. Like John jo- you know what I mean? Like if John Jones rematches Dominic Reyes and he beats him, that's awesome for the UFC. A dominant champion just def- defended his belt again. If Dominic Reyes wins, holy shit, that's a win for the UFC. We have we now have a young, marketable guy who just beat the greatest of all time. So you see what I mean? And and this is true at a very basic level for any circumstance in the UFC. It's true for a lot of circumstances in in you know Major League Baseball and and the NBA. So take advantage of this unique time. Let's let's not do that. It's it's stupid. It's fake. They get it wrong half the time. So I don't need to see a million different fucking weird faces on on the on the electronic sideboards, I guess. I, I don't need I don't need to see that. Just we know there's not fans there. That's kinda cool. It's kinda cool that there's no fans there. This is this is the last time the NBA probably played in gyms that tiny with that little attendance, with the attendance really only being obviously, you know, like workers probably was like the fucking 1940s that's kind of cool it's a unique time that's not going to be the case in 2022 when we have full stadiums back or whenever we have you get my point whenever we have full stadium bags stadiums back that's not going to be the case so that's kind of cool so I want it to feel like a small a small gym 
I, I want to relate to, you know, wow, this looks like a high school game, but oh, it's LeBron James. And it's, and I don't mean it looks like a high school game in a demeaning way. It's just, oh, that's unique. So don't, don't fucking lie to me. Don't lie to me. But it was awesome to have, uh, uh, TNT back, whatever the fuck they call that show inside the NBA or whatever with Ernie Johnson and Kenny Smith and Charles and Shaq. I, I, I miss those fuckers. Those, I, I've always said this when anybody talks about changing that, that four piece combo, you're a fucking idiot, man. If, if you, that, as long as they all stay alive, they need to be, they need to be on that show together. Don't bring in anybody else. Don't bring in Candace Parker. Don't do any stupid shit. Just keep those guys together. Ernie Johnson is the best straight guy in all of media. And obviously that's a media term, straight guy. I, I, well, I guess straight guy is a radio term. But a guy who keeps the show on track is what... Uh, that's some inside lingo for you guys out there who think I'm being something. Uh, but yeah, Ernie Johnson's the best straight guy in in TV. Keeping, I mean, you have to keep Charles and... Uh, uh, and Shaq on track. I mean, that's kind of fucking. That's 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 a tall task. That's a tall task. I like when they go off off topic because it's funny, but that's a tall task. So he's the best straight guy in the business. Um, uh, Kenny's probably the, one of the more logical people uh, w- with his NBA takes. Uh, Charles is funny as shit. Charles is hilarious. I don't get how anybody could not like Charles Barkley. You know, whether or not he's talking about what is it, fat women, fat women in San Antonio, or. Charles is a funny motherfucker, and he's he's low-key brilliant. He actually really is. I mean, he'll say some ridiculous shit sometimes, but as a as a slinger of hot sports takes, I can respect this. Uh, and, and Shaq, I don't know. I mean, his voice is kind of annoying, but he always has funny anecdotes. So even though they the, the desk looked ridiculous because they had to be separated by six feet, so it was the longest fucking desk you know, in human history, took up half, basically took up the entire studio. Uh, it was good to have them back. Uh, good to have basketball back. I didn't. I did not watch most of the Clippers Lakers game. I did watch the uh, the ending and a little bit of the of the beginning. Uh, I watched most of the Jazz and Pelicans game. Uh, you know that was that was a, that was a good game. A little sloppy. There was a fair amount of turnovers, but I guess that's to be expected with two turnover prone teams. Apparently, broadcast kept fucking saying that, and I guess it rang true because a lot of, a lot of turnovers. Uh, and a lot of lead changes, too. There were some pretty big lead swings. I know um, the Pelicans were up pretty big early, and then the Jazz fought their way back, and uh, at halftime, the Pelicans had the lead, and then the Jazz just pretty much dominated. Uh, well, I guess towards the end of the third quarter, and then certainly in the fourth quarter, they outscored them 27-17, to 17, so... Uh, I don't know what that means. I'm still not even sure. Uh, see, I'm just happy basketball's back. I don't really know what this means. I guess these are play-in games, and if the eight seed is within or the ninth seed is within four games of the eight seed, then they play a best out of three, and the eight seed only has to win one. The nine seed has to win two. I don't really know what. I don't know, man. I'm just grateful for for basketball to be back, and uh, you know, like the uh, great Phil Mackey says. Um, you know, every, every day there's sports, it's a blessing because the NBA could shut down tomorrow because as we'll talk about in a couple of minutes with another failed sports league, uh, you know, shit can go south very quickly. Um, but it's encouraging to see that they're in a bubble, even if Lou Will is still getting chicken strips, chicken wings at a, a stripper joint, which I respect. 
I respect them. They do sound delicious. What is it? Lemon pepper garlic or whatever? I mean, lemon pepper is my shit. Uh, I, I put that I put that shit on everything. I put that shit on salmon. Uh, just everything. Rice. Um, major, major innovation in Owen's cooking in the last probably three months is uh, uh, the, uh, the the folding into the mix of uh, the lemon pepper. Um, where the fuck was I going with this? Yeah, good game by the Jazz. Uh, that's cool. Clippers, Lakers. Um, kind of fucking weird. It, it is encouraging to see players go off. It's kind of... It's kind of weird when players opt out, you know what I mean? So, like, the Lakers won 103-101. But it's kind of weird because they don't have what's-his-name, Avery Bradley, and it's, I don't know, it's just not watered down because you certainly have the stars there, but it's just, I don't know, I guess I shouldn't be so uh, surprised. I mean, it's just just weird times that we're in. Uh, But Anthony Davis went off 34-8-4. Paul George dropped a a 30-piece. Uh, LeBron James was crying like a bitch, uh, at, uh, at Kawhi, which, I mean, I guess that's nothing, nothing new there, but they got off to a huge lead and just kind of, kind of kept it, kept it throughout most of, uh, most of the game. Uh, got some games today, uh, on Friday, excuse me, as I, uh, take a sip of mud here. I just don't think I could function without coffee. Um... Whole bunch of games. Holy shit, games are about to start. Uh, Magic and the Nets. Uh, don't really have a whole lot of interest in uh, in that one. Although there are some interesting pieces on that Brooklyn Nets team. Um, certainly interesting pieces next year when, when a couple of them get healthy. Uh, we got the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. I'll probably watch that. That sounds like a good game. Uh, Dame Lillard versus uh, Ja Morant. We also have the Suns and the Wizards. Celtics and Bucks. All right, I'm definitely watching that one. That that's gonna be a good one. That's gonna be a good one. Uh, Kings and the Spurs, uh, and then Rockets and the Mavericks. So, I mean, more than wall-to-wall coverage because some of these games are gonna overlap. I don't know where they're all gonna be played at. Uh, a couple of them are on ESPN, uh, and then some of them are on uh, NBA TV, which I do not have. So uh, that sucks. Uh, but good, good to get back into the swing of things. Uh, I don't think anybody, to my knowledge, has tested positive in the NBA bubble, specifically there. And I guess it's uh, Kissimmee, Florida. Um, I don't think anybody's tested positive there. So, I mean, I don't know. That that certainly is the way to go about it. Um, moving on here to Major League Baseball, just kind of at the uh, the onset of the conversation here. Um, so the NBA has a bubble. The UFC, which is by far the premier sports league in the world, they do everything better than everybody. Uh, not even close. Just a matter of time before they uh, beca- the mark my words. The UFC will be the biggest sports league in the world in ten years. This is just a fact. This is just a fact. Now, the reason why is they're the best of combat sports. Boxing's dying. Boxing's corrupt. The UFC, well, I guess they're, well, I'm not going to say that, but they're a little funky. They're a little Ben Askren. They're a little funky with the payments. You know what I mean? But uh, fundamentally, they're not a corrupt organization. Um, and so soccer, soccer is loved by most countries in the world. American football is only loved by like three con- countries in the world. Um, 
baseball is really only loved by like America, Canada, Mexico, I guess the Caribbean, a few countries in the Caribbean, Japan, I guess we'll count Australia. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a parochial parochial sport uh, when, when it comes to, you know, uh, a worldwide nature. Fighting, every single country likes fighting. And MMA, I think, is a is the peak of combat, just because it's not it's not just one skill like wrestling or boxing. It you know kind of incorporates everything. So, Peru likes fighting. America likes fighting. New Zealand likes fighting. India likes fighting. Every every culture likes fighting. So it's only a matter of time before the uh, the worldwide leader in uh, mixed martial arts is the worldwide leader in all of sports. Um, but they also have a bubble. So when you have Major League Baseball, and it, they can say whatever the fuck they want, uh, it's a quasi-bubble or whatever the, whatever the fuck, it's not a bubble. What, what Major League Baseball should have done, and I don't, again, Major League Baseball fans are fucking nerds, and they are adverse to change, but... We have a West bubble, we have a Central bubble, and we have an Eastern bubble for each of the two divisions. And you just play all those people in your bubble until we get to the playoffs, and you don't leave the bubble. It's a campus. Well, literally, it's a camp. We could pick a fucking university. Like, so, I don't know, where's a safe place out West? Well, the West has hit pretty hard. Um, we, we put a bubble in Las Vegas just because that's kind of an international city. We put a bubble in Minneapolis. I guess I'm biased because I'm a Minnesotan, but, you know, we statistically have the some of the lowest rates in the U.S. So we put a bubble in Minneapolis, like the second or... Th- no, third biggest airport. Or no, fuck, because, no, New York, Atlanta, Chicago. A, a very big airport. M- MSP Airport is a fucking really big uh, uh, airport by uh, international standards. Um, or I guess national standards. And then we put a bubble in ideally Toronto, but I guess they told the Blue Jays to fuck off. So I guess we just put a bubble. Ah, Florida's fucked as well. I don't know. We find a, we find a place out east. Maybe Pittsburgh or something. I don't know. Um, and you just you just play within that. Because then that truly is a bubble. It's not It's not a bubble if you can leave the bubble. It's not a bubble if Byron Buxton can drive from Minneapolis to Chicago for the for the home opener series. It's not a fucking bubble. Because what if he stops at a... What if he stops at a come and go? You know what I mean? And buys one of the, the little fucking hot dogs on the rollers and, and catches the, the Rona. So it's not... It's not truly a bubble if you can leave. So... You know, I guess this is the the lead, the lead story that I've been burying for the first 10 or 15 minutes. Um, But uh, the MLB calls off Cardinals and Brewers game due to coronavirus. This coming by ESPN uh, just a few hours ago. So the Cardinals had two players that tested positive for COVID-19. So Friday afternoon's game versus the Brewers is canceled. Uh, Of course, this comes uh, right after the Miami Marlins had uh, 20 positive tests. So the Marlins had some games canceled. Now, the thing I don't understand with the Marlins is, so I think, I forget how many games they canceled for the Marlins, 
but presumably they're going to have to cancel two weeks of games, right? Because if you test positive, you have to be quarantined for two weeks, and actually probably more than two weeks for the players you got tested, because I, I think how this works is the, the two weeks after only starts after you test negative, but I, what the fuck do I know? But point being, they're out for a long time uh, in, in the grand scheme of a 60-game season. So this presents a litany of problems here for Major League Baseball. Uh, chiefly, they don't have fucking games. I mean, that's a real big one. But also, like, so they announced, I think at the beginning of the season, that they're going to go by win percentage. So, well, I guess I know how this works, but I'm, I guess I'm asking it rhetorically. So how does it work if the Marlins have .001 win percentage higher than, I don't know, let's pick a team, the Reds. Say they're, say they're both fighting for a playoff spot. What if the Marlins have a, a, an ever so slightly higher win percentage, but because of this COVID thing, they only played 35 games and the Reds played 60? I mean, by the rules that you set out there, the Marlins are a playoff team because they have the higher win percentage. But it's not exactly fair to the Reds because they had to play 25 games more. Or just insert X amount of numbers game more. We'll say 25 for the sake of this argument. But could be 15, could be 20. You know what I mean? But how is that fair to the Reds? Because maybe if the Marlins had had played those 25 games... Maybe, maybe they would have gone, maybe it was a tough part of their schedule, and maybe they would have gone 7-18. and 18, And then, you know, their win percentage would have dropped down drastically, and then the Reds would have been a playoff team. So how does that, how does that work? How few, how few of games d- does a team have to play to get into the playoffs? What if, what if the Marlins come back to baseball two weeks from now, play two weeks, and then the entire team tests positive again? So what if they only play 30 games? What if they only play 25 games? So, I mean, you can see how this presents problems, not not necessarily with how the Major League Baseball ruled at the beginning of the season, but when it comes to fairness. Um, and then for and then for the Cardinals, I mean, I guess we're kind of waiting for the other... There's, there's many shoes that can drop here with the Cardinals. So... I hate to be an extrapolator, but I suppose that's kind of what I am. It's entirely possible that the two players who tested for the Cardinals are the only two players on the team that had COVID-19. It's also entirely possible that this is the first of many positive tests for the Cardinals and that when you know tomorrow's tests when they come out or whenever they come out with another round of testing, it's entirely possible that 12 other Cardinals will test positive because they're, you know, in close proximity with the the rest of the team. So if I was a betting man, I would have a hard time believing that only two players on the Cardinals have COVID-19. If I was a betting man, I would say that within the next 24 hours, it's going to come out that at least eight other players on the Cardinals have tested positive for COVID-19. So the Cardinals are done for two weeks. The Brewers don't have a game. Now, I guess I don't know if they played the Brewers. Okay, so they didn't they didn't play the Brewers yet. So the Brewers are fine. But the second shoe that could possibly drop here 
that relates to Minnesota sports is the Cardinals just fucking played the Twins on Wednesday night. They had a two-game series, I believe. Two or three. I believe just two. With the Twins. Ah, that's interesting. So, you know what I mean? And again, it's it's the whole thing with the virus, right? Because, like, it only takes one Cardinals player infecting one Twins player for every Twins player to get it. You know what I mean? It only takes... Who the, who's a Cardinals player? It only takes Paul Goldschmidt to to get some droplets on Miguel Sano and Miguel Sano to be the idiot he is, you know, to spread it to the entire team. So that's interesting. So, again, I would bet that the Twins will have some positive tests in, in the next couple of days. Uh, I hope not, but I would I would bet they do. So now we potentially have three... Three teams that are completely out of baseball for a couple of weeks. The Cardinals, potentially the, the, the Twins, and the Marlins. Uh, and then there's also been other positive tests on, on other teams. So this is the problem with not being in the bubble. I hate to be Captain Hindsight here, but, you know, every other sport that's coming back has a bubble. Now, the third shoe that could potentially drop here... Actually, there's the infinite shoes that can drop here. But uh, college football will not happen this year. I can fucking guarantee that much. That's uh, that's my hot sports take inbound. Actually, there's so many hot sports takes inbound on this fucking show. I should just play the sounder, you know, every single time. But you can just play it in your head. College football is not going to happen. F- NFL football is not going to happen. There's no fucking way NFL football happens. Are you kidding me? Uh, I think they're going to have expanded rosters in the NFL, which makes sense if we're going to do it. But... You you expect me to have, like, I don't know, 110 people be together and not not spread shit? Football players, in fairness, there are some very smart football players. I am obviously generalizing here. But generally speaking, football players are not the smartest bunch of, uh, of people. Uh, they all have uh, brain damage. And uh, they, they probably didn't deserve to go to the college they went to. So, again, broadly speaking, NFL players are fairly stupid when it comes to, uh, you know, the gen pop. I don't trust those guys not to spread the coronavirus. I'm not saying they shouldn't play football. I'd say, fuck it, go ahead and play football. I'm just saying football won't happen. What's, what's going to happen if we proceed is we're going to be right before week one and the center is is going to is going to contract the coronavirus so the center has coronavirus and we're scrimmaging close contact very sweaty left guard left guard's going to test positive right guard's going to test positive quarterback's going to test positive nose tackle's going to test positive and Maybe the defensive linemen to the left and the right of the nose tackle uh, are going to test positive. So we're just right there, one player, because of the close proximity nature of football and, and the, the physical contact, just right there off the bat, six are going to test positive, six or seven. And then, well, if the left, if the center and the left guard are going to test positive, well, I mean, the left tackle is certainly at risk because he's in the, pretty much anybody in the offensive line group is, is at 
you know, because I guess you hang out positionally. So, you know, the it's entirely possible that the offensive line, the entire offensive line could test positive, the entire defensive line could test positive just from a center. So I, I really do not see I'll – I'll be very, very impressed if the NFL can put together a full, complete season – Period. I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to put a qualifier qualifier on it. I'm not even saying put together a full complete season with mostly intact rosters. I'm just saying a complete season. It it might be arena football league rosters, but I I'm just saying I'd be fucking floored. I would be floored if the NFL put together a complete season. Um, but I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. I certainly hope they do. Uh, that's that's my second favorite sport. Um. I I don't see how it's possible. So, kind of bringing it back here to Major League Baseball, I mean, they're kind of fucked, right? Rob Manfred is a complete fucking idiot. The mailman needs to run for MLB commissioner. I could fix Major League Baseball many different ways, but I can't fix it as long as Rob Manfred is the commissioner. I don't know, man. I, I, Again, I'd be floored if there's a World Series in 2020 or for the 2020 season. Um, I just don't I don't think it's going to happen. I really, really don't. I don't know how I don't know how, how it'll happen because we're not going to get to a World Series because we're, at some point in the next. Well, geez, I guess it's almost August at some point by late August, like Dude, we're going to be playing single-A teams out there. Like, Actually, we, we, we won't even because it's not even like the Marlins can just field their single-A team and play. You know, they're, they're just done. So we're going to get to a point where like half of the teams can't play, and it's just going to be a real bitch and a half to try to put together a World Series. I, I quite frankly don't see how it's possible. An encouraging sign here uh, from the ESPN News Service uh, relating to Major League Baseball is that Major League Baseball and the uh, MLBPA have agreed to play seven inning games and double headers. Uh, so obviously that's going to help with uh, them trying to reschedule games and and play double double headers. I don't think that they're this is going to work. I still think there are going to be many teams who fall below the sixty game threshold. Um, but that that's encouraging. And if you'll remember. The last segment of Mailman Delivers, uh, I, I had five ways to fix baseball, and seven inning games were a part of how you could fix baseball. I think they permanently should make every single game seven innings. Nine innings is way too long. It's just nobody has the attention span. Nobody gives a shit. The eight, eight and, and nine innings don't matter. We could decide games in seven. Um, I, th- I believe the other four... Were uh, legalized PEDs, which is never going to happen, but it's a non-contact sport, so why not? Uh, a pitch count, and we need a pitch count. Uh, actually, shit, I probably have it somewhere. I'm going to blank on the uh, the other two. Uh, but it, it certainly was uh, a pitch count uh, making the DH universal, which uh, they did. Oh, and the big one, implementing a hard salary cap. That's, uh, that's the, the biggest one. But it's good to see that they uh, listened to the mailman on on at least one of them uh, temporarily. But, I mean, I guess we got to start somewhere. 
All right, moving on here to some UFC talkers. Have some uh, news and notes here that we'll get to quickly. Uh, Brett Akimoto is reporting that Alexander Volkov and Walt Harris are scheduled to meet at UFC 245 in October. Uh, perfect matchmaking, great matchmaking. Such great matchmaking that I'll pull up the North Star Sports UFC rankings here, which you can find at northstarsports.media. Uh, we have Volkov sitting there at number 8, Walt Harris at number 9. Perfect matchmaking. Great matchmaking. Stylistically going to be a great fight. I believe that's going to be the co-main event for Khabib and Gaethje, uh, at least as it's scheduled right now, you know, two and a half months, nearly three months out. Um, but I'm, I'm rooting for Walt Harris, obviously, obviously for a multitude of reasons, but uh, stylistically that's going to be great. We saw Walt Harris... Uh, you know, lose to Overeem, kind of got grappled with uh, a little bit, held down. Volkov obviously got wrestle-fucked by Curtis Blades, so I'm sure both of them are eager to stand and trade. This will be a kickboxing match. I really don't see either of them taking the other one down. Uh, and just talking right now, just kind of spitballing, of course, uh, three months before the fight is scheduled to happen, but uh, I would probably slightly favor, favor uh, Walt Harris in this matchup. Uh, it's going to be tricky for Harris because Volkov is 6'7", got really really long arms, but incredibly long legs, um, but not necessarily overwhelming power for a heavyweight. He does have power, as do most heavyweights. I'm not trying to say Volkov is weak as piss, but, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't have overwhelming power. Walt Harris has overwhelming power. When Walt Harris wins fights, he wins them 50 seconds into the first round by knockout. So... You know, if if that fight gets past the three-minute mark of the first round, it's probably Volkov's fight because he does have some pretty pretty long fight times. I know he's been to the uh, a decision, obviously, in his last fight, which is a five-rounder. And then, you know, even like the Derek Lewis fight where he got knocked out in the last 10 seconds, it still was a 14-minute and 50-second fight. So he essentially, he didn't go to a decision, but he essentially fought you know, decision time. Um, so that, that'll be interesting. Uh, we also have some news here from uh, fight, uh, UFC Fight Night Brunson versus Shabazian. Um, actually, no, you know, we'll, we'll get to this one first. So uh, the UFC's targeting Jessica Andrade versus Jessica I uh, for a, a fight night in October. I believe it's on the 17th. Um, again, that's that's also uh, very interesting matchmaking. Obviously, Jessica Andrade, the former strawweight champion. Jessica I, the former flyweight title challenger. Uh, so Andrade is is moving up from 115. That's that's interesting. We might we might actually see a better Jessica Andrade because I think it really might be a case of you know uh, Goldilocks syndrome here because. You know, Jessica Andrade came into the UFC as a 135-pound a bantamweight. Had some success, but really, really kind of stuttered. Moves down 20 pounds to 115, because those are the only two divisions, I believe, at the time. I believe this was even before featherweight. Not that it would have behooved her to move up, obviously, because she's pretty pretty short even for, for 115. And becomes champion. Wins a lot of fights. Probably the most active uh, UFC female fighter uh, over the course of, you know, women's mixed martial arts in the UFC. Obviously, recently, the most active fighter is Angela Hill, but, 
you know, historically, if you go back, like, you know, through a, a five-year span, it's it's got to be Jessica Andrade. Um, so, I don't know, maybe 125 is, is the true fit for her. Maybe she's cutting a little bit too much weight to get down to 115, and maybe she didn't cut enough at 135. So, I'm very interested, and 125 is super, super shallow. So, again, pulling up the rankings here, uh, I believe we have Jessica I sitting at number five. Yep, we have Jessica I sitting at number five, and we have Jessica Andrade sitting at number two in the strawweight division. So, if if Andrade, and it's tough to tell because these rankings will shift, obviously, because Maya and Calderwood are fighting tomorrow, you know, and, and who knows, maybe a couple of other fighters fight uh, between now and October. But if Andrade beats I, she's certainly in the top five. Certainly in the top five. And then, I don't know. I don't want to say with one win. I don't want to say with a win over Jessica I. But potentially with a win over Jessica I and a win over, say, Chukagian or Murphy or, you know, the winner of, of Maya and, and Calderwood, she might get the next title shot at 125. That would be... a uh, intriguing fight for Shevchenko I'd still heavily favorite her but if you're Shevchenko I'm sure she doesn't necessarily care about this but if excuse me if you're Shevchenko you could fight Lauren Murphy who's not going to help you sell a single pay-per-view uh who is assuming this is on a pay-per-view actually it's probably probably wouldn't be on a pay-per-view um but nobody knows who Lauren Murphy is nobody cares good fighter but nobody cares or you could take on a former champ. So you could add a former champ. I mean, beating Jessica Andrade does 10 times more for her legacy than beating, you know, Joanne Calderwood or Jennifer Maya or Lauren Murphy. Those those are just fighters who are in line for a title. They didn't necessarily earn it. So I think that'd be an intriguing fight. So I'm very interested. I'd, I'd probably favor... Hmm, that's a tough one. I'd probably slightly favor Jessica Andrade over uh, Jessica I at this point. Uh, although you do have to pay a little respect to Jessica I just because 125 really is her, her uh, division. Uh, you know what I mean? She was a little too small, just just not as certainly not as successful at 135. And uh, you know it's it's Andrade coming up to a new division. But I mean, you never know. Maybe her cardio gets better. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe she's, uh, an overall, a better fighter at 125. Um, and then the final news and notes here, I had it somewhere, uh, but we have some, uh, fight card changes here to, uh, Fight Night Brunson versus Shabazian, uh, that we'll talk about and, uh, we'll get our predictions for these. Um, right off the bat, let me see here, we had... Uh, a fight fallout between Marcus Perez and Eric Spicely. Spicely failed to cut weight, and uh, Perez is off the card. They could not find him a, rep- a replacement, it doesn't look like. So uh, that, that kind of sucks. Not that I was looking forward to that fight, but, you know, when you look at uh, when you look at the topology page for this fight night, good God, there's like 10 canceled fights. Uh, we also had a fight canceled between Jamal Emers and Timur Valiv. Uh, Valiv withdrew from the fight, but they did get Emers another uh, fight. Uh, they they're having him fight Vincent Cachero. He's seven and two. Uh, doing a little research on the spot here. I have no idea who that is. He's a thirty-year-old fighter. 
Um, he has lost two of his last three fights, so I'm clearly going to favor Jamal Emers uh, in this one. Although he does have a loss to Casey Kenny, and Casey Kenny's a, a very solid fighter uh, coming out of the LFA system. So, you know, this guy's probably not a schlub, but uh, I'm still going to take Jamal Emers. Uh, we had a fight canceled with, uh, where's the other one? Oh, Ray Borg. Ray Borg withdrew uh, versus uh, Nathan Maness. So Nathan Maness is going to take on uh, the undefeated prospect, Johnny Munoz Jr. A little bit about Johnny Munoz here. Five foot nine at bantamweight. Well, that's pretty good height. 27 years old. Um... And a fair, fair amount of finishes, and a fair amount of finishes in the first round. Uh, he also has three uh, amateur victories, so, I mean, you know, undefeated guy here. I think I'm going to favor, hmm, that's tough. I think I'm going to favor Johnny Munoz Jr. over Nathan Maness, even though this is, like, on, like, 36 hours notice for a, a fight, but I'm going to I'm gonna favor Johnny Munoz Jr., uh, I think that's all the fight cancellations we had from yesterday slash today. Um, really sucks that Ray Borg couldn't make that fight. Obviously, we talked about it on the preview show, but this is a guy who's just been plagued by injuries and obviously plagued by injuries uh, again here. Only 26, but good God, this guy has this guy has more canceled fights than a, a 38-year-old veteran. So kind of sad with with Ray Borg, certainly an abundance of talent, but just really can't put it together while being healthy. Um, so condolences to Mr. Ray Borg. Uh, so with that, I guess we'll wrap up the show here. Of course, we'll have uh, a show in uh, a few hours, uh, sometime in the evening slash nighttime uh, with Drew Peterson. It'll be the main card showdown. Um, and then we'll probably have a recap show. I guess we'll go on Monday because we're, we're, we're going to be doing these Monday through Friday. Um, but you never know. I might get anxious and, and uh, maybe we'll, we'll do the recap the night of. or uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure all that out. Uh, but again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen E. Lee M. N. North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M. I. N. Owen the Mailman at Owen the Mailman. Uh, and be sure to check out northstarsports.media, the greatest website to ever exist. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.